I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet, pet Sitter Confessional. Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, and welcome to episode 16. The House at Diva is back. On this week's episode, Kelly talks about how you can best use your time when you're house sitting. We think that whether you are sitting locally or traveling internationally, it's really important to make sure that you're doing the most with your time there. Whether that's getting connected with the local community or volunteering in the area, there are a lot of options that Kelly talks about to make sure that you are making the most of your experience. If you missed our first episode with Kelly, episode 9 is a wonderful introduction into her background and what it's like being an international house sitter. And now on to the interview. Kelly, I'd really like for you to introduce yourself to the listeners uh, in case they missed that first episode. Sure, Colin. Thanks for having me back on. I'm really excited to be here. Um, my name is Kelly hayes Rate, and I've been house-sitting and pet-sitting internationally full-time for the last 10 years. Um, as we know, most people don't house-sit and pet-sit full-time, but that's what I've been doing because I've been a full-time traveler. And I've had the opportunity to travel throughout and house-sit throughout Africa, Southeast Asia, Europe, uh, the United States. And right now I happen to be in Ajijic, Mexico, which is just south of Guadalajara. And I'm taking care of Chacha, an 11-year-old rescue pit lab mix. And uh, you may hear her weigh in on this interview at some point. She <laughs> likes to horn in. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice when they let, remind you that they're there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, you had a great topic that you um, brought to to talk about this time, and it kind of plays in with a lot of questions that people have as far as what what else do you do when when house sitting or pet sitting? Because a lot of times people tend to think it's just sitting around the house and maybe cleaning and taking pictures of the pets or making sure the house <laughs> is okay. Um, but but you have a, a, a a lot of thoughts on this as far as um, how to interact at the community level and and get involved there. I do have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'm so happy to be here to share them with you. I share a lot of them in my book, How to Become a House Sitter, Insider Tips from the House Sit Diva, which is available as an ebook on my website at www.housesitdiva.com or on Amazon. But it's, um, it's, it's something that's really near and dear to my heart, because one of the things that I love about house sitting is that I'm usually staying in neighborhoods with people around me, and I'm not staying in the more touristy areas of cities or, or places where I visit. That's something I like, but the downside to that is that it can be a little bit isolating because I'm not meeting other tourists and I'm not meeting other people that I might go hang out with. So I have a pretty extensive list of things that house sitters and travelers in general can do to try to enhance their experiences and getting a little bit closer to the communities where they're, where they're traveling to, visiting or, or pet sitting in. Um, one of the things that I like to do when I go to a new community is to see if I have an opportunity to volunteer somewhere. Um, I'm here in Mexico right now, in Ajijic, Mexico, and there are a ton of opportunities for volunteers, even, even short-term visitors, to come and volunteer at animal shelters or educational programs for children. Um, there's some, some environmental programs here. But I wanted to talk just a little bit, if I could, Colin, about some of the volunteer experiences that I've had. That's okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to go visit. I'm, I'm a journalist as well. That's one of the things that I do on the side. And I wanted to visit uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki 
for the 70th commemoration of the bombings of, of both of those cities, the atomic bombings of those cities. So I picked up a house sit in Osaka that was kind of unusual because the kitties that I was taking care of were semi-feral. And so they could be left for days at a time, which is really unusual in a house and a pet sit. Right. And the homeowner was fine with me going away for two or three nights at a time. So Osaka, that Osaka house sit gave me a base then to go down to Hiroshima for the 70th commemoration of that, of that atomic bombing. And while there, I met some Boy Scouts from Southern California who had never learned about the atomic bombing. And I met them mm. at the Peace Park as they were going through the, the Peace Museum there on the day before the actual ceremony was going to take place to commemorate the bombings. I had a chance to talk with them and interview them about what, was, what their experience was, what their knowledge was, and what their experience was like going through the Peace Museum. It's really interesting. I also met a French photographer who was photographing, I'm going to get a little emotional here, who was photographing uh, clothing remnants that had been kept and preserved by the Peace Museum, what people were wearing oh my when gosh. the bomb dropped. And he, he did this, these beautiful displays with the clothing that, that made the individual articles kind of tell their own story. And then he researched who was wearing the clothing. Mm when the bomb dropped. And uh, I did an article about him and it was, it was really an amazing experience to, to have that. When I was house sitting in Berlin, one time I've house sat there a few times, it was at the height of the Syrian refugee crisis. And of course, Germany was being so open to uh, allowing Syrian refugees to come in for asylum. And I was house sitting with my partner at the time. And he and I went down to the refugee center, uh, the refugee, uh, uh, center where they were signing in mm -hmm. and just helped with whatever we could do for, for a day. We handed out bottles of water and, and helped people figure out where they were going. And um, of course, they were very, it was very, very emotional and very evocative uh, experience for both of us. Um, so I, I was glad that even though it was just a little tiny thing we did, I was glad we were able to help in some way. Um, I just was house sitting this past summer in Forgive my French, Réunion, <laughs> which is a, a French protectorate island in the Indian Ocean. Mm. And right after house-sitting there, I was able to go to Madagascar, and I volunteered in a place called Nosy Bay for a conversation, conservation effort mm. that uh, rebuilds and regenerates coral underwater. And I'm a mm. scuba diver, so it was a really unique opportunity for me to no pun intended, get a little bit more in-depth knowledge about <laughs> coral, uh, but also to, you know, to learn how coral can regrow. And mm. so what we did was we gathered up pieces of broken coral that was still alive. And you could tell that because there was still color in the coral. And then we would attach it to existing coral reefs. And, uh, and I could see, I couldn't see the fruits of my labor right away, but I could see what people had done six months before and to see how the coral was attaching and regenerating. It's really interesting. Wow. Um, last year, I house sat in Maputo, Mozambique, uh, the southern tip of Africa. In fact, I've house sat there twice. I, I just have fallen in love with that country. And I learned about a man named Bonaventura Zita, who runs a program to go into villages and gather up the guns mostly the AK-47s, uh, that were used in the Civil War 15, 20 years ago. 
And what he does with those guns is those rifles is he gives them to artists who then make sculptures out of them. And he trades the villagers for their guns. He gives them things like sewing machines and farming plows or water treatment systems. And so it's a way for the rural villages to, first of all, get rid of their guns, but Mm -hmm. secondly, you know, get something that's really helpful for them. The artists get the guns and make these incredible sculptures. And one of the sculptures is called the throne of weapons. And it's, it's a throne made of AK 47s and it's at the British museum in London. And just last month when I was house sitting in London, I had an opportunity to go to the British museum and see this particular sculpture. It's Mm. amazing. So that's an organization that um, I want to get more actively involved with, and I'll be writing about them. So these are just a couple of the the volunteer things that I've done in different places where I've house sat that have just moved me and made me feel much closer to the struggles that the communities are going through, whether it's to achieve peace or to clean up their oceans uh, or to deal with uh, a world refugee crisis. And it has been so fulfilling for me, and I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to house and pet sit in these different places, because it makes me feel even more rooted to the community then, and I can stay longer than I would if I were staying in a hotel. So volunteering is one way to give back to the community where you're, where you're visiting and, and pet sitting in. Yeah, it's a really, you're in a very unique situation where you kind of get transported directly into that area, as you mentioned, that's outside of the typical touristy zone and is just in a normal neighborhood. And to have these volunteer opportunities and to seek those out so that you can learn more about that culture, give back and really become connected in a very real way is quite a different take on the typical view of what house sitting looks like. Yes. And the way that I find these volunteer opportunities is, uh, you know, obviously I watch the news and keep up with what's happening in the country that I'll be visiting because I like to kind of brush up on that. But I also ask the homeowner for suggestions Hmm. because, you know, the homeowners are great resources far beyond this is how you feed my pet. And, uh, And they're usually really excited to offer information to me about how I can give back to their community. So hmm. it's a really nice way to, 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 to cement that bond with a homeowner. Right. That's great. So another way that I connect to communities is through um, organizations like Internations, which is a nonprofit organization for expats. It's a worldwide organization, and it's really, really inexpensive to join. And they have different chapters all over the all over the world. You just join once, and you can join any of the chapters around the world. Hmm. And um, and also meetup uh, meetup groups. So I check internations chapters and meetup groups before I go, and just see what's happening in the community. Through internations, I've had an opportunity to go some, to some fantastic concerts and performances that I wouldn't have known about otherwise. And I've also been able to take advantage of group pricing, uh, good, good group pricing discounts hmm. for some fantastic shows. For example, when I was in London last month, I went and saw the Alvin Ailey Dance Company, Dance Troupe, perform. 
at Sadler Wells in mm. London. It's a huge, huge, huge auditorium. I was in the second row <laughs> for 44 pounds. It was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had. Oh my. Alvin Ailey Dance Troupe was started in the 1950s by a gay Black American dancer who wanted to provide more opportunities for Black dancers. And they've, they're just one of the most political, socially conscious, and physically powerful dance troops in the world. Hmm. And so to be able to sit in the second row wow. yeah. was, you know, for <laughs> quite a discount was, was really amazing. Uh, I've also had a chance to uh, just meet other, other expats, hmm. even though I'm only visiting, it's really interesting to learn about other expats experiences in the community that I'm visiting. So for example, when I was in Athens, I went to a dinner at a Lebanese restaurant with about 20 other expats and we had so much fun, but it was an opportunity for me to get a little bit more immersed into what's happening with Greece right now from the perspective of, of other outsiders like me. Hmm. And that, that was pretty cool. Uh, I've also just made some really good friends. Um, next week here in Mexico, I have a, a British woman coming to visit me. I met her in London at an Internations event that was a writing course. So I'm really excited to be able to share my house sit with her mm -hmm. and, you know, have, have that experience of, of just, you know, deepening a friendship, which is always nice. Yeah. So, so I recommend Internations. They have different subgroups in different cities for things like hiking and cultural evenings out, sporting events and live concerts and different uh, hobby groups. Um, and meetup of course is, is another great resource that's like that. And just an opportunity to, to meet people who have similar interests. Yeah. Those, those, uh, electronic ways of doing that these days make that somewhat, you know, easy and kind of things you don't even think about, as you mentioned, you would have never thought about, um, going to those concerts or finding those, those group discounts, unless you would have had those on hand. So that's a really great resource. Um, but you also recommend using the homeowner as a resource um, when Absolutely. going Absolutely. I think the homeowner is the best resource because <laughs> I'm really hitting it off with a homeowner, then I'm probably going to hit it off with his or her friends too. Mm. And uh, getting a chance, and it's a good thing for the homeowner too, because then they have sort of uh, additional eyes and ears on the house. And so I think it, it can help enhance their experience while they're traveling to know that the home, you know, that I'm kind of being watched a little bit in a, in a nice, polite way. Sure. Um, but it's for me as the pet sitter, it's just a great opportunity to have somebody to just buddy up with and, and, uh, go out to a museum or an evening out or just a uh, company to walk the dog sometimes. So the most recent experience that I had with that was in Réunion where I was there for six weeks this summer. And my homeowner introduced me to one of her friends, Anne, who is a newly retired school teacher. And Anne loves showing off her island. <laughs> we did a lot of the touristy stuff together. That was a lot more fun. But we also, she arranged this for me. We went snorkeling with humpback whales. Oh, my goodness. Baby whale. <laughs> oh, oh, not jealous. Not jealous. Yeah, not jealous. I know, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's not something that I necessarily would have been able to arrange myself because she has a, a friend that she's been diving with for many years. And so 
it was through this friend who, who doesn't really advertise commercially. So I wouldn't have found out about this particular opportunity that was a very, we were in a small Zodiac boat and could really get around. And it was, oh, it was just mm. thrilling. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. I, yeah, I can't imagine that having that opportunity and then having just that, that local knowledge to show you around and, and get access to those kind of things is just, it's something else. Yes. It's a great way to just, you know, it's, it's fun for locals to do this because it's an opportunity for them to see, to kind of revisit their community through a foreigner's eyes. And it's a lot more fun for me because I can get a background that goes maybe a little bit beyond what the, the, the display is saying in the museum or whatever, but it's also a chance to just see some off the beaten path places too. And that makes it fun. Mm. Um, but I've, I've made, I've made girlfriends that I am still in touch with 10 years later, friends with girlfriends that from my home, from my homeowners who have introduced me to people. And it's just been wonderful. Yeah. And have that ever expanding, uh, network that you're, um, you know, that you have access to and, and just that friendship that's going to last, but you would have never, never have known or had a thought to, to, to go that route. So that's, that's really cool. Right. So one of the other things I do when I'm pet sitting is to um, try to immerse myself a little bit in the community through my own personal interests. So, for example, here in Ajijic, when I, Ajijic, Mexico, when I first started house sitting here 10 years ago, one of the first things that I did was go to the Ajijic Writers Group, which is the largest and oldest English language writing group in Mexico. And I made great friends that way. But I've also learned a lot about writing and about critiquing by participating in that group so frequently over the last 10 years. Mm. And it's, it's helped me grow tremendously as a writer. So that's one of the things that I do when I'm house sitting here is I, and I do that. And now I'm going to expand that into other places where I'm house sitting. So I'll be house sitting again in London next summer. And I'm already working with someone that I met through Internations to coordinate for me an opportunity to teach my writing workshops, which I've done here in Ahihik as well. Mm. So here I can pet sit in another, in another country, in another place, using the connections that I'd already made and share my knowledge and experience with people who would value that. Um, I'm going to be doing that again this February, too, in Cape Town, South Africa, where I'm holding a 10-day writer's retreat. I'm thrilled about that. I, I was in Cape Town last February uh, following a house sit and just fell in love with it. And I can't wait to go back and I can't wait to share the magic of Cape Town and the magic of writing hmm. with a group of very self-selected participants. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about that. And, and if any of our listeners are interested in that, they can check out my website at www.com jumpstartmybook.org, jumpstartmybook.org. And all the info's there. And ah, I'd love to talk to you about it. So schedule a consultation <laughs> that we could talk. <laughs> but, but that's one of the ways that I get involved in the community is, is by just sharing my knowledge and my passion and my expertise. A lot yeah, of fun. And, and what a better way to, to use your time than to know that you're going to be in an area and then to look around and go, what else can I be doing? How else can I be expanding my, not, you know, my projects, my expertise, how I can be sharing with this with others. And, you know, this is a, a, a very 
very interesting fit that those two have with this is that you can do that and and sit house it and um and bring all of that with you and then also have people pouring into you while you're doing that and there's the different experiences you get from from sharing with others it is it's just it's great and I think that's one of the things that I love about pet sitting, especially internationally, is that it's really opened up a lot of possibilities for me. And I noticed that I've become a lot more creative, not just in the way I live my life, but in the way I approach my traveling. Hmm. And and, and that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for everybody to be able to develop that. Right, right. Um, So... Um, you know, you've talked about these, um, these ways of getting connected with others. Um, but how, how do you use social media whenever you're doing that? Well, I'm going to admit to you, Colin, that I am a social media idiot. Oh. <laughs> Just not very good at it. Um, pretty much all I do is Facebook. And there are a couple of house sitting Facebook groups that are just a wonderful way to kind of find out where people are. And so sometimes I've posted there and someone has said, oh, I'm going to be in London at that time, or Hmm. I'm going to be in Hanoi the same time you are. Let's, let's hook up. And that's always been fun. Um, One particular time and I had a great time doing this was with a woman named Julie and we've become very, very good friends. We, we were both house sitting in Hanoi and found out about that through Facebook and decided to take a walking street food tour together. And we hit it off so well. And so since then, we have crossed paths house sitting in Singapore, London, Cardiff. And then she invited me to Sitges, Spain, where she was house sitting last year for Carnival. <laughs> and, uh, and oh, and we've connected to an Ahihik. <laughs> so it's, it's just become a really lovely friendship. We have a lot more in common than besides house sitting and pet sitting, mm-hmm. but that's what initially brought us together. So it's just really lovely. Um, another time that Facebook helped me out was when I was in Réunion, which frankly, you know, I didn't even know where it was until I saw the listing for the house sit and <laughs> ran to my atlas, figured it out. <laughs> my atlas meaning the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who carries an atlas right. anymore? Right. I was going to say, what's, what's that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, I, I uh, decided to go to Réunion. And uh, was there and started posting on my first personal Facebook page. And this wonderful couple, Bo and Peter from Copenhagen, who I had met two years before when I was house sitting in Vietnam and they were on vacation and we really hit it off. And then they came to visit me here in Mexico the following fall. And mm. so we had a chance to pal around a little bit. So here I am in Reunion and I, and I post and I get an, a, message from Peter saying, Bo and I are going to be there this week. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so these two guys from Copenhagen. <laughs> and we ended up, you know, palling around in, in, in Reunion. We had a blast together. And it's just, you know, I mean, I think that social media has just opened up so many opportunities to stay connected to people mm. that, that we meet traveling. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough that I remember the days before the internet and, you know, and it was really hard to stay in touch with people that you'd meet on the road. Yeah. Letters, which is, you know, after a while they sort of fizzle out, but between, you know, texting and WhatsApp and, and Facebook and, um, and all of this, it's just so much easier to, to learn where people are and to stay on top of it. So, so that's one way that I use social media and I'm sure I'm only hitting the tip of the surface there because like I said, I'm kind of a social media idiot. 
Well, it definitely, you know, it has its, there, there are pros and cons to it, but, you know, staying connected with, with people, you know, is so, is so powerful. Um, you know, making those connections, as you said, you know, you've talked about getting connected through volunteering and internations and using the homeowner as a resource and then staying connected with the social media. You know, it's, it's a, it's a whole process with that. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it kind of helps continue on with all the other aspects of everything that you've talked about of continuing that cycle of staying connected, getting more involved with the community, learning more about the places that you're going to go and, and really using it as that tool, um, as opposed to just, um, you know, something that you stay, you know, using it as a tool, um, for, for learning more about an area. Um, it's probably something that a lot of people use it for. Yes. And um, some of the places where I've gone, I have joined the uh, Facebook expat groups for that particular country. Mm. And I haven't really made any friends through that, longstanding friends, but I've, but people have given me some really good tips, like good tips on how to maneuver around the city or special or interesting things to go to, to go and visit and see. So I think Facebook, you know, really can be a great opportunity. And then the, the final thing that I just wanted to, to mention is, this is so obvious, but walking tours. Hmm. And a lot of major cities now have free walking tours where you just give a tip at the end. And they're really informative, really interesting, oftentimes entertaining, and a great way to meet other people who are traveling. And these are usually people who are traveling in a different way. You know, they're not on the, on the 32 city tour (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so they're doing more slow travel and so it's a it's an appealing way and I've and I've taken a lot of of free city tours and besides the walking tours or the street food tours some airlines offer free stopover programs and when I left Cape Town last year and flew to Athens I deliberately stopped I was on Turkish Air and I deliberately stopped over on Istanbul for uh, 14 hours. And I took advantage of two of their free stopover tours that they offer. Hmm. And I met other travelers that way. And that was really interesting. And it gave me a chance to see Istanbul, a city that I'd never been to before, even though I was just there for the day. So, so check out stopover tours. There are many airlines that offer them in the in the major city of the country that is the home for that airline. Yeah. What a very interesting resource. And um, honestly, something that I never would have thought would have even been available uh, for, for a traveler. Yes. I mean, it's really exciting. You have to hunt and pack a little bit. I'm, I'm working on an article about this that I'll be putting up on my blog uh, on houseitdiva.org. Dot com house sit diva.com i can't remember my own website <laughs> that's how much of a technical idiot i am no. <laughs> uh, but uh um emirates offers a free stopover program in abu dhabi it's not free but it's it's really cheap it's like stay in a four-star hotel and get breakfast and airport transfers for 45 dollars a night um there's uh I'm putting together a list of them. There's a whole bunch of them, but uh, if you fly uh, Korean Air, you can stop over in Seoul. So there's a, a you know, just be really creative with it. And the mm-hmm. way to find these or to get tipped off to them is if you're doing a, a kayak search and you see that there's a ridiculously long layover mm. in the main city that's the home countries that the, it's the airline's home country. Go to that airline's website and 
look around for layover stopover program. Let's see if they've got that going on. Okay. Yeah, wow. An well, unusual tip. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. Well, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on this week and giving us such a great insight on uh, getting connected with the culture of a particular community and really finding better ways to spend our time when house sitting. Um, it just personally, it's a very real challenge. Uh, you've really challenged me to make sure that I'm using the most out of the opportunities around me. And um, I know that, and I hope that our other listeners kind of take that to heart too, that um, there's just so much out there to, to, to use and take, to, to take advantage of, to see and to learn from uh, because it's a, it's a big world and uh, it's, it's better to get exposed to it and learn from it as well. And uh, you've, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you've, uh, you've mentioned a few ways already, um, but what are some ways that people can get in contact with you and um, definitely plug your book again? Oh, thank you. Uh, my book is called How to Become a House Sitter, Insider Tips from the House Sit Diva. And there's a lot of very practical information that, that I've learned over the last 10 years and have learned also from my friends who house sit. And uh, I think it's a, it's a good book for anybody who wants to get started, trying to figure out how to get started with house sitting or who's been house sitting for a while and kind of want, wants to up their game a little bit. It's available in soft cover and Kindle on Amazon. And it's also available as an ebook on my website, which is www.housesitdiva.com. And for more information about my writing programs and particularly my writing retreat in Cape Town, South Africa, which I'm so excited about, <laughs> uh, people can go to www.jumpstartmybook.org, jumpstartmybook.org. And, you know, I made this a .org because I'm going to be donating a portion of the proceeds that I get from the writing's retreat to a local orphanage in mm. South Africa another way to kind of give back and, and become part of the community. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it's a, it's an orphanage that the, um, that the owner of the B and B where we're, ho where we're hosting this writer's retreat is supports. So I'm really glad to give back that way. So, and I'd love to reach and have anybody reach out to me and talk about house sitting or talk about writing my two biggest passions. Yeah. And how to, how to further their, um, you know, what they're interested in. That's great. So. Thank you again for coming on again and talking to us about that. And uh, we will definitely have you on again soon, Kelly. Thank you, Colin. So what are you going to be doing to make sure you're getting the most out of your house sitting experience? Kelly provided a lot of great resources for international house sitters, and those will be in the show notes. We'll also include some links to some information on how to get connected locally for house sits. And we'd love to hear back about how you guys stay connected and make the most of your experience house-sitting. Did you know we have show notes? If you go into whatever podcast app you're using, you will see that there is a ton of information at the bottom for each episode. We usually include links to articles and other information relevant to the things that we talked about in that episode. So make sure you're checking there for each one of those. You can also find those on our website, PetSitterConfessional.com. If you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at Petserter Confessional. You can keep up to date with us on Twitter at PS Confessional. Make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcast app you're using so you never miss a new episode. Thanks.